Welcome back to another episode of One Minute Smoke. We have the... Me. We have the me. Maestro of... I was going to say the maestro of magician and magic. What was the one I used last week? The... Sultan of Science is always... I picked up from another podcast, so I can't mm, use that. Master of Misinformation. Ah, the master the master of misinformation, Mr. Yeah. And we have the... V is a very difficult one to... The... Um, the... The Vengeful Virage. The ven- Vengeful Virage, is that yeah. what we're going for? Yeah. The Vengeful Virage, Okay. Look at this. We're gonna smoke. have to. We're gonna have to work. Work with this. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why it's like this. If you guys, I don't know if this can pick up, but it's like a sea of smoke. Which I guess my brother said it's fitting, considering we're called smoke sessions. I like it in a weird way, but it's just kind of. It is kind of jarring. Yes, we have one minute smoke this week, Virage. Are you looking forward to it? I am. I've made the group chat with the contestants. Have you? Yeah, just to be clear on what like is expected in terms of the format and the interviews and stuff and to encourage them to think of like interesting stories to tell about themselves and it's turned into anarchy they're already insulting each other that's weird. yeah these people have never met right no they have they have they have everyone comedy circuit's very small people okay. know each especially if you do it a lot you just end up getting to know people at your level of comedy and they're going for it it's going to be a good one it's going to be a very good one this will have already one Minute Smoke will have already happened by the time this comes out. Yeah, it would have already happened. And if you go to One Minute Smoke and then you watch this, you'll be able to concur that it was a bloody good one. It's so competitive. I like that, though. It's not just another gong show. It's not just another comedy show. It's like you've got some there's some flair to it that other ones don't have. Gong shows in comedy are a mad concept. So for those of you who don't know what a gong show is, basically comedians come up and they have to survive five minutes without getting essentially booed off by the audience, Mm -hmm. right? And then the people who last uh, the whole five minutes come back on stage and they do generally a joke off. And it's like a minute long and then the audience picks a winner. And honestly, I have seen it destroy people's confidence, comedians' confidence. They can be brutal. So why do they do them? Because it's a very easy way to progress and get pro spots at clubs. So for example, when I won a gong show, I got a pro spot at the club. And then you, they, if you do well, which thankfully I did, you get more sets at that club. So it's a very easy way. Well, not easy way, but a clear route to progression in comedy, which mm-hmm. can be, it can be confusing how to progress in comedy, especially if you're just new to it. And then someone tells you, you need to do this, you need to do that. You can t- tell in the person's eyes that it's kind of like information overload. What would you do if you could start again for your comedy career? And I know you're, you're still working on it, but if you could start from scratch, how would you go back and do things? I would have done a lot more gigs a lot more quickly. When I first started, I was doing like maybe like one gig a month. I didn't really appreciate the need for repetition. I overestimated my skills. I thought I was better than what I was. Okay. Because I had people telling me that I was really good for someone who was new. And that may have been true. Or maybe they were just being polite or trying to boost me up. But I took that as, oh, I don't need to do much. I don't need to do as much as everyone else because I've got this. And now I watch back my old stand up and it is terrible. I remember the first one we did and you were in this pub. We Actually, no, that's documented. It's on my YouTube channel. Yeah. That was that was so much fun. Yeah, but it's and awful. It is terrible. Now, compared to now. Compared At to the now. time, I thought, I've smashed this. That was in 2019. You were like two beers in. 
Yeah. And I was really nervous for a gig that had like eight people at it. <laughs> I was so nervous. There was this guy that used comedy in the piano. I liked him. He was good. I can't remember. He did. He does that. Um, Scott. Oh, he didn't, doesn't do it. But he, he said he went to that Scottish festival. What's it called? Edinburgh. Yeah, Edinburgh. What, there's, yeah. A, there's a word for it, isn't there? I don't know. Ah, you know what I'm on about. I don't know. Oh, Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fringe. Why is it called Fringe? Fuck that. No. I don't know. Scottish thing. But yeah, if I could go back. Okay, if I could go back. If you were to start again right now, what yeah. would you do? You knowing all the information that you've got well, right now. Let me frame it in a better way. If I were to start comedy tomorrow, um, if, I, if I had to give advice to someone who was starting comedy tomorrow, I would say do loads of gigs, socialize at every single gig, sign up to every comedy forum so you can get as many gigs as possible. If you do well at a gig, ask the promoter if they have any routes of progression for you, if they mm-hmm. have any other gigs you can jump on and build a network and build like a little core in comedy. At what point would you say go and get your own show? As soon as you can, I don't think there's, as soon as you feel confident enough that you can shift tickets, do it. Because there's no, I mean, you don't have to pass any qualifications to do it. Just do it. Who cares? And get better as you go. Would you utilize TikTok and social media? Oh yeah, loads. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Why have you stopped? Well, I haven't stopped very much. We put two pieces of content out a day. This is true. Why have you stopped on your personal accounts though? I don't enjoy it as much. Fair enough. Yeah. And it's there. And whenever I do put a video on it, they seem to do well. Comedy is so well. Yeah. On social media. Everyone loves a bit of comedy. And when we release One Minute Smoke, the clips that are literally just stuff I'm saying in it. Do well. Well, no. As in like, for the clips from One Minute Smoke that have just me in it, oh, me yeah. doing something funny, not only will I post it on the, the One Minute Smoke platforms, I'll just post it on my personal as well. So we'll yeah. get content from there. Absolutely. And you can do the stack. whole tag collaboration thing. But yeah, so the way comedy is working now, it's changed. So back in the day, this is how you did well in comedy. You did the open mic circuit. You did these gong shows, if there were gong shows even. You got into the big comedy clubs, right? You did well there. You got yourself an agent. You went to the fringe. And then someone who hopefully, fingers crossed, who works in TV, sees you, puts you on a on a TV talk show mm. and then you go from there and then you build an audience which is still like a route that you can take in comedy now but now because of social media you don't need anyone's backing you can just do you it you can yourself. build a career just off the back of your your social media following mm. you don't need to be in with the clubs anymore you don't necessarily need to have they need you more than you need them yeah you don't need to be on mock the week or have I got news for you if you have a big social media following people will come and a lot of comedians are making their living like that now. We had one of our judges, was it it wasn't was it Aaron? One of the judges on the last one minute smoke. Not Junior, the other one. Who was the other one? Oh, Ali Woods. Ali Woods. Yeah. I didn't know that he was coming. I didn't actually know who he was. And then his content started popping up on my feed. Yeah. This guy's done exactly that. Well, yeah, well, he has a very good reputation in comedy as well. Does he? Big up, Ali, if you watch this. Wow, there is a lot of smoke. So, really, if you want to think about... If you want to think about comedy, your comedy career as... From an economical standpoint, right? How do you maximise your chances of success? You should take both routes. You should try get in with the comedy clubs, do the circuits, try and win some competitions, 
do the comedy clubs and all that stuff. But you should also also have a social media presence and build your own audience. That way, you're not putting all your eggs in one basket. Do you see what I'm saying? So those are the two main routes of success in comedy. If you can even just do pretty good at both, then, then, you have, then you're the sum of the parts, aren't you? Or does, So you can either do really well at one and terrible at the other, or you can be the sum of the parts and do well on uh, the social media side of things, and then well with the comedy club. Is group. there a difference between being funny on social media and funny on TikTok yes. and funny in person? Yes, yes, massive difference. And then do you think there's a difference between being funny for a comedy show and just being a funny guy? Yes, 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 a big time. There's more organisation that goes into... Um, doing stand-up comedy you need to learn how to do stand-up comedy in an art form okay it's like an artist who's really good at stencil might not be great at doing paintings you know they're similar but they're very different in terms of their presentation the rules um how you organize the structure of the the piece of art they're very different and a lot of um online comedians kind of have a rude awakening because really yeah well it's hard right so they'll try and transition to stand-up comedy and they struggle initially it's not because they're not funny they have all the raw materials to be really good at it it just takes some time to get your mind in the right place stand-up comedy i see do you still enjoy it i love it you still take it full time if you can if you could yeah yeah 100 why not i like it i like that why not you know how sick it is to do stand-up comedy for a living? Think about that. All you do is tell p- jokes for a living. That's nice. People pay you to be funny and make them happy. But comedians do internally have a weird sense of humour, I think. After watching comedians and comedians in cars getting coffee with you and watching Seinfeld talk to these other comedians and talk like behind the scenes about it all, you guys are wired differently. Well, we look like for, true comedians are wired differently. We look for the funny in things, even ambiguous things. Like, for example, today, a mate of mine uh, sent me a video of his son kicking up a fuss because he wanted more toast, right? His one-year-old was crying. Yeah. And he wanted more toast. And then it got me thinking, how funny is it that we universally decided that two pieces of toast is the, the, uh, the, the okay amount? <laughs> Think about that. <laughs> Think about that. Two pieces of toast is uni- basically universally the amount we're having. If someone gave you, if you went to a cafe and they gave you three pieces of toast, you'd be like, that's a bit too much toast. If they gave you one piece of toast, you'd be like, all right, you cheapskate. But two pieces of toast is we've all just decided that that's the number. When you make toast, you make two pieces of toast at a time? Yeah, of course. Yeah, everyone does. Why? How have we decided that? Because they don't make, or not everyone just buys a one toaster, toaster, one toast toaster. Oh, and most toasters come with two. Yeah. So actually we didn't even make the decision. Or did the toaster companies realise that people prefer two pieces of toast and they just made it like that? Market research. Someone can answer, why have we all decided that two pieces of toast is the the number that we're going for? Why is it not free? And you have these thoughts. All right, so boiled eggs as well, right? Now, when people have boiled eggs, one boiled egg, fine. Two boiled eggs, fine. But if someone came and they had three boiled eggs on your... You're like, what are you doing? But poached eggs, but, you only get one. Yeah, and an omelette, free. So how have we decided that? Four omelettes. Three egg four. omelettes. Yeah, you don't. When have you go four to a restaurant, omelets. it's always a free egg omelette. 
have we decided that? And after I've made omelettes with two, they work. There's enough egg, but we've decided that three is the number for omelettes. What about fried eggs? Two. One or two. If someone gave you three fried eggs, you wouldn't be. No, what are you doing? Damn. I don't think about these things. Does that's what I mean? Like when you think about it, how do have we decided on those things? We're in a simulation. Yeah. Has it always been like that? For how long have we had two egg omelet, uh, three egg omelets, and and two boiled eggs at uh, always? At that's your always been the rule. It's always been the unwritten rule. No one ever speaks about it. No one wants to talk. About it. Everyone wants to talk about racism and uh, poverty and stuff, and no one wants to talk about the real issues. Why do we have three eggs in an omelet and only two pieces of toast? How did we decide on those numbers? Those are the real issues in life. What gets me right is why coffee cups are different to tea mugs. Yeah, another good one. Who decided? And why is a red wine glass different to a white wine glass? Yeah. Another thing, why are coffee shops so popular but no one ever wants to go to a tea shop. Why isn't there a tea shop on every corner? Yeah, but brilliant. For, for, if you go out into the country, there are always tea rooms. Really? Yeah. So people will stop off before on their way to work and grab a tea from a tea shop? No. That's it's, what I'm saying. A, okay, yeah, a convenience different. thing. Why we decided that coffee on the go is a convenience thing? But you don't get tea on the go. Yeah. You know, Shaquille O'Neal was asked to invent... Um, <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal was asked to invest in Starbucks before Starbucks was a thing yeah. and he said black people don't drink coffee like that and he didn't invest in it but boy was he wrong Magic Johnson did and he made a killing off of it there you go so put it all all in the black communities in America and I think he sold the same stores back to whoever owned it at a profit okay go on try and answer. I think we spoke about this on this podcast before why aren't tea rooms as popular as coffee shops no I didn't because we've been big coffee. It's all the it's all the coffee manufacturers. Is it? I re, do you know what it is? I think because coffee is more addictive than tea because it has more caffeine in it. You know when you go to Costa, a mm. regular cup of Costa latte, they give you three shots of coffee. There's I three. Th thought it was two shots. No, it's free. Oh. It's three shots of coffee in a regular latte. So actually, a latte is the best bang for buck coffee that you can have. Well, it depends if you want to be fired up on caffeine for the rest of the day, which most people. So, seem how to. many cups of coffee do you drink in a day? I don't drink any. You don't have coffee at all. I don't drink coffee. Really? I drink coffee if I go to a coffee shop, and if you're having a latte, yeah. I might grab one just to be social. I see. When I'm in England and I'm like on a normal day, I have one espresso. <laughs> I'll have a big cup, and then if I'm out and about, I might be maybe get another one. So that's what six shots of coffee. Yeah, that's wild. My girlfriend would have, and there's thirty grams of caffeine in every shot. My girlfriend would have five scoops of honey in her tea in the mornings. That's a lot of tablespoons honey. of honey. Of honey. That's a lot of that's honey. That's a lot of honey. It's like more honey than coffee. Yeah, she was basically having a bubble how tea every she, morning. How is she? How is she getting the honey into the cup? Is she squeezing it or is she... No, tablespoons. Tablespoons? Yeah. Heaps. Does she does she scoop it up and put it in or does she squeeze it out onto a tablespoon? <laughs> Depends what she's got. Interesting. You know that really thick honey that's yeah. been processed? What do you call that? I've got no idea. You know what I'm talking about yeah. where it's like kind of thickened. Sometimes she'd even use that, which is even extra sweet. I like the... I can never pronounce the name, but it's like manduka honey that has the like... Manuka honey. Manuka. Is it manuka? Yeah. 
that has like the healing properties or it's supposed to be good for you. I love oh, that stuff. Comics, no, it's not. It's good stuff. It's and here's one for you. Off the Rogan podcast. Why do vegans get on everyone's back about about honey? It's, like, it's honey. It's because it's all they can eat. Yeah, it's honey. It's their only energy source. Who? Oh, vegans can't have honey. Vegans can't have yeah, yeah, from yeah, an yeah. animal. Sorry, yeah, vegans can't have honey. I never get that. I never, I never truly understand that. Because it's an animal product. Yeah, but it's like the one thing that they're supposed to do. They don't do anything else. Awful. And they pollinate. Yeah, because you're, don't they need it? Yeah. So you're nicking it from them. <laughs> they care about the animals, Raj. Maybe you should. Okay. Veganism is a topic I wonder I what impact um, beekeeping has on the environment. Probably nothing. I don't know. Because they have farms of bees. And it's like, are we over consuming honey, or are we not cons- not consuming enough honey? Should we just leave leave them be? Do me a favor, Google random life questions and let's see if we can answer some. Let's do it. <sighs> While we're just doing that, I if you did come to one minute smoke, um, I hope you enjoyed it. Sorry for slapping some of you. Um, it's just what I do. It's part of the comedy process. Um, if I made any of you cry, just know it was probably for your own good and you deserved it. If you left happy, never come back again. If you enjoyed the show, don't you dare come back again. How could you do such a thing? And if you didn't punch one of the contestants, well, you're a disgusting human being. And that's just the, the, the nature of it. Are you ready for this? Yeah, go on. There's a whole heap. I've got a hundred here. All right. Give me some. Here's the big one. When did time begin? When did time begin? As soon as the bang happened. Yeah. So, go. But who invented time? Why have we given it a word? How do we know time really exists? We quantified how long it takes to go around uh, the, what do we orbit? The sun. The sun. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> you needed astrology. I yes. think it was Galileo who quant- Galileo quantified how long it takes us to go around the sun. Yeah, but that's because he was like from the West. Didn't Indians do it before that? Yeah, maybe, but I had, uh, listen, Raj, uh, key stage two in it. Right? <laughs> I had I had the whitewashed version of history. All of this stuff was probably worked out by some ancient Asian empires, but we just don't acknowledge it because they're Asian. Ayurveda. Yes. The lost Veda. Next question. Okay, we're going to skip this one. Um, <laughs> where does a thought go when it's forgotten? Oh, it's erased. It's gone. But then, how do you re- how do you remember it again? Well, if it's forgotten, then you don't remember it again. But sometimes you forget things, then you remember them again. Well, sometimes you think you remember things again. But oh, what you just re are you just coming up with a thought again? Let so it's actually you, a new thought. Let me ask you a question: Does your memory work like a a video camera? Does my memory work? How okay? You gotta explain that. So does it? Does your has your memory just press play and just records everything? Is that how memory works? No, no, it doesn't. What your memory does, it remembers parts of it and then it tries to piece things together. People's memories are actually terrible. For example, right? Yeah, our brain fails us all the time. Yeah. So let's say I was, I asked you for directions. Yeah. And then halfway through you giving me directions, while you're not looking, I swap places with another person. You probably won't even notice that the people have been swapped. That's your psychology coming in. Yeah. And there's research to show that. Our memories are actually terrible. It's why so many people went to prison for crimes they didn't commit, right? And after DNA evidence came along, 
we realised, oh no, we actually put like 60% of people shouldn't be in prison and they were convicted on eyewitness testimonies. Is yeah, that, that why guy. eyewitness testimonies yeah. don't work? Yeah, eyewitness testimonies for the most part don't work. Uh, They're often terrible. Huh. I feel like I've done a quite good job at answering nice questions so far. Which came first? Which orange came first, the fruit or the colour? What? Which orange came first, the fruit or the colour? The fruit. You sure? Yeah, of course. But then why do we attribute the fruit to a colour? Orange is an orange. Orange is the colour of orange. Well, we we had fruits before we... Since when did you... Actually, hold on a minute. When did you become a genius about all of this? I know everything. So, we, 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 we were consuming fruit products, right? So Neanderthals, for example, were consuming fruit products way before we developed uh, language or like a sophisticated language. So, but how do we know that we didn't just call it orange because we wanted to give the colour a name? Because of what we were eating. I mean, what if they were colourblind? I don't know. Messes with your head that one. Here's here's a good one, right? It's gonna get the uh, the religious lot out. What is God? What is God? God. I have I have thoughts on this. Okay. Shishimi. For me, the idea of God is the earliest conception of science. So as human beings, we have this need to explain things, our existence, right? It's this deep innate need to work out why we are who we are and why we matter, right? And before we had the scientific method, the easiest way that we can conceptualize things and give our life's meaning was, well, there must be a God that governs everything, which is why there's an afterlife. It gives our lives meaning and it kind of comforts us that knowing after we die, there's some sort of significance towards everything. You perfectly summarised what I was going to say. Yes. My second question, though, is, is there life after death? I don't think so. You don't think so? No. But then what? You just stop and nothing happens? I think so, yeah. And what's wrong with that? I don't. I, there's nothing wrong with that. I have put my hands up and I'm like, you've got this time on earth, just use it wisely. Life is a blessing in itself right you're it's a privilege just to be here the chances of you being here is like one in a billion you get to experience it for 80 years so what makes us this is a ricky gervais idea what makes us think that we deserve more do you think you deserve more no so when you get to 80 you're going to be happy and just be like yep well hopefully i'm happy i can tick off the boxes and say i did all right hopefully hopefully we'll have this conversation when you're 80 i remember before my granddad died i asked him do you want to do you want to live any longer right and he said nah my grandma said the same thing. Yeah, because he's lived his life. I think towards the end of your life, especially if you're seriously unwell, it's just a waiting room, isn't it? Because everything waiting and waiting, yeah. waiting for the body to shut down. It's like the end of summer when everyone's kind of gone back to school, but your school hasn't gone back yet. So all your mates are in school. But do you think the mind would live on forever if the body didn't die? Would the mind live on forever? Because ultimately, when you die, it's your body dying, right? It's not your mind dying. So the brain keeps functioning. But it's the body that can't keep up with the brain. So if the brain and no, the body were separated... The brain shuts down as well. Yeah, eventually. But have we ever got to the point where the brain just shuts down? Your brain does shut down when you die. Yes. It, it, it shuts down because it hasn't got the heart to keep it alive. Right. But if we kept the brain alive, do you think the brain would just continue to live? So you're saying, can we reuse brains, essentially? So as long as we can 
Oh, okay, yeah, I, didn't, I didn't make that jump, but yeah, go on. Is a brain recyclable? I think it's, if it's in good condition, if the brain anatomy is still in good place and you don't have um, neuro, like neural degeneration, damage. then probably, yeah, there's a way of doing that. But if you have neurodegenerative diseases and anatom anatomical issues, you're probably screwed. But potentially, yeah, you could probably keep the, you can probably transplant the brain. We just haven't figured it out how to do that properly yet. It's like people, there's some people out there who are trying to work out how to download consciousness. Elon Musk. Is it? Oh, yeah, kind of. He's not trying to download consciousness. He's trying to replicate consciousness. <laughs> no, with the chip, well, basically downloads it. It will get to a point where you can download it because he chips, uh, he sticks the chip in the back oh, of your yeah, head, right? Neuralink. Neuralink. Is that the same as downloading consciousness, though? Well, we, I've never used. I haven't even looked into Neuralink. Yeah. I don't think Neuralink is trying to upload your consciousness. Into it's not trying to upload your consciousness. It's trying to. But it will get to a point where you could download it onto something. I see Neuralink as almost like a, an extra CPU for the brain. It controls things and flags so up what? errors. So what? You plug in like extra RAM and it like works. Random access memory. So it will detect issues, right, in the brain. And then it can uh, instruct certain parts of the brain, I guess, to help fix it. Right. I will do some research into Neuralink and we'll have a proper discussion about this. Oh, Jesus. What has happened here? Um... To what degree have you been able to control the course that your life has taken? Because there are always external factors yeah. that push you along a path. So are you ever making a decision or are you always reacting? I think we make decisions based on the parameters of the time. So we constantly make decisions and that constantly changes the parameters. So every decision you make in real time is under a set of new parameters. Yes, the but then you're constantly reacting to those parameters. So are you ever doing anything? Well, you get to make the decision within those parameters. Yes, but ultimately then it's the parameters that are making your decision. No, it's just a goalpost. Yeah, but you get it's, to decide. Just, it's just pushing you. It's bouncing between the two. No, if the parameters are the goalposts, you get to decide where to shoot. Okay, that's one way of looking yeah. at it. And the but you could, you could suggest the other way is a, as viable as well. Yeah, the parameters are constantly changing, but within, those within the parameters of your life, you have free will. And the parameters... Okay, does free will exist? It's yes. Not on the, on the... Yes, I think yes. it does. Whoa. But I think free will isn't as simple as people make out. So again... So the parameters of your life are constantly changing and they're based and the parameters change in line with the decisions you make at each um, interval or at each stage. So every decision you make within the parameters at the time affects the parameters for the next decision, but you still get to make the decision under those new parameters. Does that make sense? It makes sense, but I would still go back to the, you're bouncing off goalposts when you're making decisions then because you're constantly looking at the new parameters well, you're if we're to use your analogy, you're constantly looking at the new parameters to make a decision. Sure. You're always going along that. So it's like bounce, sure. bounce, bounce, bounce. Well, you have some conception of what those parameters are going to be. It's just not to 100% degree of accuracy. Yeah, but, but so because it's not to 100% degree of accuracy, you're constantly reacting. Well, nothing is. Nothing is to 100%. So ultimately, we're always reacting as we go through you have our free, life. You have free will, but the concept is flawed, essentially. Oh, I like that. Are soulmates a real thing? Are soulmates a real thing? No, and I don't like the idea of soulmates. I think Span. soulmates is a very good way of freaking people out and scaring people. I think there are 
people out there that you can build a strong relationship with mm. but the idea that there's only one person out there that you could possibly be happy with i think is a good way of ruining people's lives and putting them in a state of existential crisis i agree wholeheartedly i think it's you're more than capable your relationships are under your control if you find someone like me and my girlfriend right we have a lovely relationship but that's because we work on it do you see what i'm saying do you think uh, there is a standard person out there that the relationship that you have built with your girlfriend over time, over the last however many months you've been with her or years, someone else could walk into your life and you could have the exact same relationship? No. You see... Not right now. No, no. I, on my concept of this on whether soulmates are real, that I, I completely agree with you on the fact that no one person can make you feel the same way that another person does. Yeah, no two relationships are the same. Exactly. But I do believe that there is another person out there that is your soulmate that is someone that you can have the ex a similar relationship with so when people say oh i've met your soulmate no 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 no. there's like eight billion people in the world exactly that person can make you feel the exact same set of emotions yes by spiking your, your internal body chemistry in the same way if some if there's only one person out there for you the chances of you ever finding them is extremely slim because you're not going to visit every country on the planet yep and what are the chances that they're going to be within your proximity mm -hmm. Is there an end to the universe or does it just keep going? There's a good evidence to suggest that the universe is expanding. Yes, but at what point, it, it, at what point does it stop expanding? Because if there's a big bang, yeah. that the opposite will happen at some point. To every reaction, there's an equal and opposite reaction. There's also evidence some people suggest that there's multiple universes. That but that doesn't answer the question. Is there an end to the universe? Our, okay, so let's, let's reframe that. Is there an end to our, our universe? to suggest it but let's just take our universe i don't know i think so look it up just right is there an end to the universe and then you i've start? watched this 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 is this is what brought me into my depression one of the reasons and i watched a youtube video and not saying this youtube video is entirely credible but it suggested that the universe does slow in its in its expansion and as a result it will eventually stop expanding, but no one, not no one knows what happens after that. Right. And by the time we get to that point, we should have been able to hop through universes on these universal spaceships. Well, that'd be nice. That would be really cool. Yeah. Or we can create our own universes. We'll probably kill ourselves. like baby universes that we can build and create and then hop into. We don't have to, as human beings, we don't have to worry about the end of the world because we'll probably kill each other before. Oh, for sure. Before that. The end of the universe is there an end to the universe wikipedia is our source of information at this current moment in time the end result is unknown a simple estimation would have all that matter and, and space-time in the universe collapse into dimensionless singularity back to how the universe started with the big bang but these scales are unknown and quantum effects need to be considered. I don't know what quantum gravity is. Jesus Christ. You don't know what that is. Come on, Virage. Come on now. You don't either. No, no. Okay. Why does anything exist? Why does anything exist? Yes. What is the reason for anything existing? Why do? Why did we feel as humans we needed to create something to sit on? 
as homo sapiens? Why does shisha exist? Why do, does technology exist? From an evolutionary perspective, we are programmed to create better things for, in the interest of our survival. But then Survive- why did we, as homo sapiens, do that? Why did we evolve faster than everything else? Because as we were developing, we realized that we had physical attributes and cognitive attributes that put us in a advantageous position to build faster and better than other species. So we have arms, we have legs, we have... But we weren't like that initially. We have a good cognitive capacity. If you go back to the the start of human evolution, or Mm -hmm. forget human evolution, just our lineage of evolution didn't we like come out the sea and then like grow stuff and then it's like the big bang theory yeah i mean yeah you see that little skit and it's like and it fast forwards through all of space all of time saying we came out the sea is a bit too simple we're on a evolutionary tree and we're just one branch of it right but one of the reasons why we keep evolving is because curiosity and innovation is built into our cognitive capacities so when we do build something so for example when we discovered fire because we have the capability to be, cur- um, to be curious and to innovate, that sparked inspiration to say, well, what else can we do with this? Okay, we can cook food. All right, so now our nutrition's better. What can we do with the so more So over energy? the last 5,000 years... More than that. Over the last 5,000 years, how much do you think we've evolved as humans? Not the technology, just as, just as homo sapiens. Oh, we've stabilised. So do you think there is another revolution that is going to happen at some point? I don't know. No. You don't think so? No, I, don't I think, think cyborgs so. are next. Well, yeah, that would be would that count as evolution? Would that would that fall under Darwin's concept of evolution? What is Darwin's concept of evolution? You know on the last page of Darwin's um, theory on evolution. I haven't read Darwin's he, theory of evolution. He discusses mostly. the importance of psychology and how behavior and psychology is at the core of understanding evolution. Does he? Mm-hmm. So what does it say? It says that. I don't know. I mean, that's in essence what he says. To understand evolution, you need to understand psychology. Which basically he said. And psychology is one of the newer sciences, which is interesting. What's interesting about human beings, we were far more curious about studying the stars than we were about ourselves. Which is interesting about our curiosity in external things rather than looking internal. We've been studying uh, the stars for maybe... When, the Galileo, when was Galileo? Like 3,000 years? We've been studying the stars longer than that. 5,000 at least. Yeah, whatever, what, least. wherever it was. I love, I love it when people, when people talk about the Greek um, thinkers and then you go to the East and you realise they've been doing it for an extra 2,000 years and you're just like, ah, oh, come on, man. Or even Africa. Crazy. Or even Africa, for God's sake. It's, it's mad. Is the Earth alive? Yes, it's an organism. So therefore it's alive. It breathes, it changes, it adjusts. It adjusts, not adjusts. Adjusts. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, of course it's a lot. Here's a good one. If we learn and improve from our mistakes, why are we so afraid to make mistakes? From a psychological background, we should be able to answer this. Okay, was that the cognitive discomfort that comes with making mistakes? As human beings, we're constantly trying to adjust to minimize... Um, discomfort and uncertainty and making mistakes is not in line with that goal at all at what point did that become part of our psyche and why has that become part of our psyche because from an evolutionary standpoint it's not in our benefit to make mis- 
to make mistakes. But it is so it's technically because we learn from the mistakes and we move on. Because if we never yes. learn from our mistakes or we yes, never make mistakes, then we never learn. Yes, also, but there's also an intrinsic um, fear of dying or discontinuing mm. or losing our family trees by making mistakes. So there's an, a natural element of fear built into that. So because we're ruled risk, by fear constantly. It risks our evolutionary survival, but making mistakes risk our evolutionary survival. But actually, making mistakes is good for you because yes. if you take into if you take into consideration that you will learn from those mistakes, yes. or you actually take time to learn from them, you benefit massively. Exactly. So making mistakes, although is evolutionary from an evolutionary standpoint, um, risky, mm. it's also essential for our evolution. Nuance, right? These things are very nuanced. Science. Why are you here at this very moment in your life? Again, because of the constant parameters of our free will changes and God, we make these questions are freaking and we make decisions based on the parameters of our life at that time. Okay. I feel like I've done a good job of answering these questions so far. What shape is your field of vision? It's opaque, isn't it? Wait, is it opaque? I have absolutely no no opaque is like you can't it it's black. No, what's that what's that shape? Sphere. Yeah. Spherical. Yeah. I got no my freaking idea. So, Here's your, a good one. Here's a good your one. Your field of vision is the shape of your eyeball. I think. If a person dies at sea and only their arm is recovered. How would he be displayed in a casket? Does it need to be a full-size casket? Or would yeah. you just get a little box? Get the full casket, man. That's disrespectful. Well, you're going to shell out the £3,000 for like a yeah, casket. Yeah, get the full casket. Mate, just get a, a cardboard box. If you're going into the... the... Nah, put the arm in there. Even buy a suit that just has... <laughs> just has the arm. <laughs> <laughs> Just half a taxi. Out of respect. Would you, would you buy the whole suit or would you just buy the arm? You're going to have to have a very awkward conversation with a tailor. <laughs> Listen, mate, here's the situation. You're not going to believe this. My well, mate got eaten by a shark and we only got the arm. <laughs> Isn't good health just a slower rate at which to die? Yes, it yes, is. Yes, it is. Very simple. What do people who are born deaf hear when they think? Because everyone's got that little voice inside their heads that talk to them. I don't know. This is a good one. Can you look it up? Okay, right. While you're looking it up, I'm going to go to the loo. Have some shisha. I will. Thank you very much. Um, I like these wondered, questions. This is quite fun. I always wondered about what language do dogs think in. Technical difficulties. Hmm. The ability to hear words can influence whether someone thinks in words or pictures. Wait, hold on. What do deaf people hear in their mind? If they've ever heard their voice, deaf people may have a speaking or internal monologue, but it's almost 
possible that this internal monologue may present without a voice? Here's this. This is quite interesting. So, if they've ever heard their voice, deaf people may have a speaking or internal monologue, like we do, right? <laughs> when you have that little voice that talks to you. But it's also possible that this internal monologue may present without a voice. When asked, most deaf people report that they don't hear a voice at all. Instead, they see the words in their head through sign language. Interesting. How weird is that? Let me ask you a question. Have you ever wondered how blind people without a stick or people being temporarily blinded or wearing a, uh, a blindfold can navigate their way through a busy area with lots of obstacles? Yes. Shall I tell you how it happens? It's because the other senses get heightened. No, ah. maybe that's There's an element of it. But also the the part of the um, brain that builds um, your spatial awareness, uh, the information coming into your eyes. By the way, blind people still do have inf some information coming into their eyes, right? They can detect that before the visual image is built. So even if, if you're blind, right? Sixth sense. No. So... Basically, the reason a lot of people are blind, right, is because the part of the brain or the neural connections that uh, lead to the part of the brain that build a visual image in someone's head. Mm. If, th if there's a problem with that, but you're the part of your brain that um, detects spatial awareness is still intact and you can still navigate. But if the part of the brain that detects spatial awareness isn't still intact, they can't. I suppose so, yeah. Interesting. I just thought the other senses get heightened. Which I think is that's what, what just what people say. Which is basically shorthand explaining what you said. Yeah, oh. Maybe. I can answer this next question. How far up do bald people go when they wash their face? Yeah. All the way. Nah, when I wash my face, it's only up to where my hairline is. Do, you use, do bald people use shampoo and conditioner? No. Yeah, what's the point? Because you shave it. Just so you can pretend. No, I ah. I never ever use conditioner on my head anymore. Do you use shampoo? Nope. Don't need to. Yeah. I shave it every other day, so what's the point? There's not enough hair for it even to take effect. Do you wash the top of your head? With what? Soap? Yeah. No. Why not? Sorry, yes, actually I do. I yeah. use a facial wash on my head because it's like the same thing. Yeah, you might as well. While I, you're do like, there, I do like I do a full on scrub. Yeah, while you're up there, you might as well have a little Little scrub scrub. Okay. Do you polish it? Do I polish it? Yeah. No, I oil it. Really? Of course. It's weird. Why? I've got excess oil on my hands. It's just like, instead of wiping it off on a towel, just wipe it off on my bald head. Interesting. It's the juiciest guy, mate. Okay. It's like an extra layer of thickness. Mad. Walk out into the cold. It's like, keeps you warm. Can't look at you the same anymore, but go on. Okay. If a baby's butt pops out of its mother at 11.59pm and the head comes out at 12.01am, what day will the baby be prepared to be born upon? As soon as the whole thing's out. But don't we judge by the child being... Like, don't we judge Your first breath. Your oh, is that, is that... I think so, yeah. Interesting. I would, say, I would say 11.59, I wouldn't say 12.01. As soon as you made your first breath out in the world, that's when you're born. If killing people is wrong, why do we kill people that kill people? We shouldn't. That's that's built into our... Babies, when they're born, right, before prior knowledge, have some conception of seeking revenge. 
right, what? or seeking retribution. Is this really? Well, to a certain extent, right? So you, how do they know that? So though? a small child, if they you upset a small child, right? They're crying and then they slap you, right? In essence, that's a child seeking some sort of retribution. It's built into our human nature. Again, it's probably a survival instinct, and the idea of killing people uh, who have killed other people is just an archaic version of our of the American legal system. Interesting. I don't think it's built in any kind of productive public policy. If God created Adam and Eve, why do they have belly buttons? Because, <laughs> because well. Because I'm dead. I'm dead. <laughs> I've said this before. Why did they happen? Someone's asked me this before, and because it's a painting done by someone, they probably shouldn't have put belly buttons. Well, well what would you do with all the extra space? Oh, no, because right, they are conceptions. They're God's concept. They're God's image of what humans should look going forward. Therefore, they're given the belly button as a default. Because, but why did God? Why did God put in, or our image of God put in? Belly buttons. Was it just because he wanted the picture because, to look right in the future? Or was it he didn't know what to do with the dead space? Well, because it's the image. It's God's image of what he wanted, or she, wanted people to... <laughs> <laughs> <There you go. laughs> Why does it look like an eye? You ever considered that? Does it? I've never really thought my belly button looks like an eye. Do you ever look at your belly button? I've got a really deep belly button. It's weird. Really deep belly button. Yeah. Mine's like a shallow one. It's Mine's like a well. People scuba dive in it. Interesting. Why do we hit our hands together when we like something? We don't, not all cultures do that. It's a cultural thing. Okay. Almost universal, which is interesting. Yeah. Almost universally, we do that. To show our appreciation. Yeah. Well. That's, that's a really one. Really weird one. When a vampire bites a zombie, does the zombie become a vampire or does the vampire become a zombie? Well, they're not real. How do you know? Have you ever seen it? Oh, that's not good. Yeah, sucker. It's not a good argument. Why is the objective of golf to play the least amount of golf? I am not a golfing man, so I have no idea. Well, the objective of a lot of sports is to do it for the shortest amount of time possible. The objective of boxing is also to do it for the shortest amount of time possible. But the objective of football is not. Yeah, well, it depends on the rules of this game, I guess. The objective of basketball is not. Golf Nor is, is American football. Golf is for lazy people. Okay. Is that is that what we've come to? Yeah. So technically, you should be good at golf. I, I would be smashing at golf. Do you play golf? No. If a cyclops if a cyclops were to close its eye, is it winking or blinking? It's blinking. I would think so too, but don't you just think that's a social construct? You can't wink with one eye. You can't wink if you're Who said one that? Eye. Have you met, met a cyclops? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have? Yeah. Okay. My dad. <laughs> What's the colour of a mirror? Ah, oh, that's a good one. Alright, what is the colour of a mirror? I don't know. Mirror. Doesn't have a colour, it's a reflection. Isn't mirror glass first? No, mirrors reflect m mirrors reflect light yeah. in colours. So therefore they are colourless. Wow, big brain. Yeah, I think. I just said therefore, so it makes it sound like I know what I'm saying. If you were to dig a hole that went through the centre of the earth and you jumped through, would you be falling or floating upwards? You'd die before you could even find out. But let's say that you were able to. Mm -hmm. Humour me. Well, you can, you can still 
I think you'd be doing both. In zero gravity, you can still you can still orientate your direction. Yes, but you're not falling. If in zero gravity, you're not falling or you're floating. You're not floating. falling. Yeah, yeah, you're not falling. You'd just be floating at that point. Falling, you need, falling is a reaction to gravitational pull. Yeah, so at one point you'd be falling, and at, in another point of view you'd be floating upwards. By the way, in space, it's not, there is it's, being in space isn't zero gravity. By the way, it's just a lot less gravity. There's still gravity in space. What? So I thought space was zero gravitation, gravity. Gravitational pull on yeah. Earth is nine point eight one meters per second squared. Right, the gravitational pull in space. Did you just swallow some scientific book over the freaking weekend or something? I know a lot. The hold things. the hold the hell on, I, right? No, 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 no. You do a degree in psychology. You don't do a degree in physics, I mate. I know everything. There is still gravitational pull in space. It's just a lot less. So what's space is gravitational pull, Missing. It depends whereabouts in space you are. Okay, so on and it depends, in the inter, sorry, into, into the in the ISS. What's, it, will, it will also depend on how close you are to a, a mass object. Like, so what is zero gravity? When you're in a zero gravity chamber, there's no there's no such thing as zero gravity. There is there'll be marginal gravity, but it won't be exactly zero. So it's like ninety nine point nine percent. Yeah, not gravity. Yeah. So when you're in a gravitational, when you're in a zero gravity chamber, that's just a mark. That's not obviously it's not completely zero. Oh, it's just a, a very small amount. But it's a lot easier to mark it than saying zero point um, one point two meters per second squared gravity. Like that's not gonna sell as much as zero gravity. By the way, I might be completely wrong about that, but that's just my perception on the science. What I understand on the science. Do you consider eyebrows facial hair? I haven't until you just said it, but yes, of course they are. Yeah, they are. Yeah, of course they are. And people groom them just like a beard. I groom, do you groom your eyebrows? Uh, I have done in the past I when I feel like sometimes well. if I'm feeling cheeky. What hair colour do they put in bald people's driver's licence? Do they put your hair colour on driver's licence? This license? is probably Americanized. America, yeah. They'd probably just write bald. Or they'd probably ask you what it was. Yeah, go from there. Yeah. But most people can grow a little bit of hair. It just gets to a place where Wouldn't it's Wouldn't they so... just use the hair on your the rest of your face? How many people can't grow any hair? Exceedingly rare. I think it's like one in ten. Can't grow any hair one on One in head. ten people go bald. Oh, no, can't grow hair. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. Most people can grow hair. It'll just be extremely patchy and unattractive. So they just decide to go bald. To go clean shaven. Exhibit A. Yeah. But even though you're bald technically, you can still see hair yeah. follicles, right? If tomatoes are a fruit, is ketchup considered a smoothie? No. Why? Because you'll be surprised how many... <laughs> if you go to a Heinz factory, do you really think there's tomatoes there? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Bunch of chemicals. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if haters hate... if If you hate haters... Does that make you a hater when you hate yourself? Yes. Self-hate. True. Of course it is, yeah. What would happen if Pinocchio said, my nose will grow now? I don't know, you tell me. Not, I can't remember. I can't remember the story of Pinocchio. Let's Next. move on. Who taught the first ever teacher? Well, it wasn't. It was like a community of people coming together. Yeah, before the concept of formal teaching, there were storytellers. Yes. Especially in some... Yes, Monsieur. In a, in a lot of small villages, there'd be people whose job was just to remember stories. Before reading and writing, especially, I think in ancient Greece, especially, this was a thing. Why, why does our history always go back to ancient Greece and never further? Because we're British, we're up, just what we do, right? So there were people who had dedicated Culture jobs. yourself. And Ottoman Empire, for that matter, right? Thank you and very much. The Ottoman Empire, right? There were before reading and writing, 
Um, Don't forget the Hindu. And by the way, some yeah, people mentioned Indians. Greece thought that reading and writing was a terrible thing for humanity. Really? Yeah, and to a certain degree. That's a conversation for another day. Right. But they um basically there were people in villages whose whole job was to record the stories of the village and to remember them and yes. to recount them. Information was passed down through stories instead of instead of text because handwriting goes wrong. Yeah. And probably because people didn't know how to write, but you can remember a story. Also. And those stories you'll find most of the um from from Hinduism, a lot of the stories that we tell and a lot of the teachings that we have aren't through stories as such in an English, like in a traditional format. They're actually songs because songs are easy to remember, easier to remember. But those songs have teachings in it. You've just got to look hard enough. Also, history is incredibly... Our recounts of history are incredibly biased to the people who were just winning the wars at the time. Yeah, absolutely. Because they had control over the Well, you just take British Empire, for example. Yeah, exactly. If God sneezed, what would you say? Bless you. It's polite. <laughs> you, you're rapid today. Rapid. What else would you say? If a word is misspelled in the dictionary, will we ever know it? No. We would never know because we take dictionary as law. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. If they misspell, if they, they wouldn't be misspelled, but if speak would spell S P. W K. In a dictionary, we would use that word. Well, language changes over time, so a lot of our traditional English is heavily influenced by Shakespeare, right? Shakespeare actually invented Eng- a lot of words. English is a Latin-based. Well, our current um, oh, our, our current, current yeah. English, right? Um, is one language is influenced by uh, empires that were dominant at the time, so hence the Roman Empire, mm-hmm. therefore Latin, and also. Um, extremely successful and influential novelist and fiction and non-fiction writers and well you can extrapolate that to today and you take like Bunda. Yeah. we use Bunda in our in our normal day of life because yes. influencers uses it which is no different to Shakespeare. exactly because they're influential and it gets picked up and eventually gets put in the dictionary under review why do noses run but feet smell what that's a stupid question why do noses run, but feet smell? Your nose can smell. You know, when you have the flu and stuff, can't you get that really bad smell under your nose? You never get that. But what are you smelling? You're smelling your phlegm. Yeah, I suppose you are. Oh, that's a mad question. Isn't it that when you wait for the waiter to come back with your order, you become the waiter in the process? I think that's a miscon. Um, uh, a misconception of what the word waiter means. Hmm. The waiter isn't. The waiter is waiting upon your requ- for your request, and then you are wait. You are not. But you are waiting upon the waiter to come back with your food order. The waiter essentially asserts the. Um, the social hierarchy of that situation. So the waiter becomes the dominant person in that relationship? No, they do not. Because they're still waiting on you. But they're not waiting on you to make your food order because you've made the food order and they're waiting on them to come back with the food. Catch 22, mate. If life is so short, well, no, I'm not going to do that. If a tree, oh, we may, 
if a tree fell in the forest and no one is there, does it make a sound? Yes, it does. It does, but you don't know. That's about it. All the rest of them are just horrible. If re revenge is a dish that served best cold and revenge is sweet, then revenge is ice cream. And on that note... No, because <laughs> ice cream is frozen. It's more than just cold. It's more than just cold. I love this. This is brilliant. Oh, okay. We'll finalize it. Last one. Ready? Go on. Why are they called buildings if they're already built? It's buildings is past tense. We're is building it? a building. The we building is the end product. <laughs> the word building. When you really deep stuff, right? Things just become so just yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. It's like we just go about this stuff throughout our daily lives and it's like we just accept it for what it is because we don't want to put any thought power into it. Oh my God. Our children... Okay, last one, last one. Pro proper last one. Are children who act in R-rated movies allowed to watch the film when it's done? No, they are not. R how do you know? I've, I've seen people, actors talk about this where they've been in films where they weren't allowed to watch. Because they they're to, too young to watch the film. They weren't allowed to go to the premiere. No way. Yeah, I've seen child actors talk about that. Okay. Yeah. How's your doing. How's your podcast timer doing? I think we're at probably 49 minutes. 57. Oh. We had a lot of fun today. Yeah, that was good. Yeah? Enjoyed it. Yeah, that was different. Oh, that was good. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Nice, quick fire. Yes. Go for it. Thank you for coming to Smoke Sessions product products. <laughs> Soon to come. Oops. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for coming to Smoke Sessions podcast. Remember to respect your mother, but not your dad. Safe. We're on all social media platforms. If you want to join our community, just shoot us DM, follow us. We're on everything. We've even got videos on Spotify, right? Because we are ahead of the curve. We're in the metaverse. We're in a simulation. Enjoy yourselves.